Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son, whom she named John, forever to be known as John the Baptist. Let's scrutinize this story from the infancy narratives along with theologian pastor Dr. Ralph F. Wilson. The Birth of John the Baptist, Luke chapter 1, verses 57 to 80. I'm reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 57 to 80. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father Zechariah, but his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea people were talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, saying, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was upon him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. Mary may have been present for the birth of John the Baptist before returning to her home in Bethlehem, we don't know for sure. But had she been present at John's circumcision and naming ceremony, what a blessing she would have received. This passage is important because it lays a foundation for understanding what God is doing in sending John the Baptist and then Jesus within six months of each other. As we study the prophecies, we begin to get a glimmer of what God has in mind. Verses 57 to 58. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Elizabeth, the elderly barren woman, has given birth. What an amazing sign of God's mercy to her and Zechariah. Mercy is the Greek noun eleos, kindness or concern expressed for someone in need. Mercy, compassion, pity, clemency. We see the same word in Zechariah's prophecy in verse 78. The Jewish ceremony of circumcision on the eighth day after birth represents placing the sign of the covenant upon each male child that becomes part of the nation. 
In some ways, as a naming ceremony, it corresponds to christening practiced by many Christian groups. I'm reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 59 to 63. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father Zechariah, but his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment he wrote, His name is John. Apparently, Zechariah was seen by the townspeople as both dumb and deaf, though the angel had only said that he would be unable to speak until the child's birth. How Elizabeth knew the child's name was to be John, we aren't told. But likely, Zechariah had communicated this to her. At any rate, the townspeople wouldn't take Elizabeth's word for it. They go to Zechariah, who requests a little wooden writing tablet, especially of a writing tablet for notes. When he writes John... They are all dumbfounded that he confirms Elizabeth's name. Astonishment or marveled is the common Greek verb thaumatso, to be extraordinarily impressed or disturbed by something. Wonder, marvel, be astonished. That Zechariah gave the same name as Elizabeth may have been assigned to the townspeople, but suddenly a much greater sign is given. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. After bestowing the name the angel had given to him, John, beloved, Zechariah now begins to speak after at least nine months of silence. Verses 64 to 66. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea people were talking about all these things. Everyone who had heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Zechariah's first reaction is audible praise. Praised is the verb eulageo, speak well of, praise, extol. The townspeople's reaction is awe or fear. The first part of the prophecy concerns the Messiah, which is what the Jews would have understood by the phrase, in the house of his servant David, since they believed the Messiah would be a descendant of David. His father is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. 
The idea of being filled by the Spirit in order to speak by the Holy Spirit is found in the Old Testament a number of times, as well as the New Testament. Filled, in verse 67, is the Greek verb pimplemi, to cause to be completely full, fill. What a marvelous description of the Holy Spirit's presence within a person, filled. Too often we take for granted the Holy Spirit's presence within us disciples and have no clue to his power that can be displayed in and through us. The prophecy begins with praise and then begins to detail reasons for the praise. Notice that the first part of the prophecy seems to refer to God's work through the coming Messiah, while the second half is directed to the work of the Messiah's forerunner, John. I'd like to highlight just a few of the lines touched on in the prophecy. Come, or visited, in verse 68, is the verb episkeptomai, to exercise oversight on behalf of, look after, make an appearance to help. God is Israel's sovereign and protector. Now he comes to set them free from their captivity and liberate them. Redeemed, in verse 68, reflects the Greek noun litrosis, experience being liberated from an oppressive situation, a transferred sense from the commercial usage redemption of something for a price, ransoming, releasing, redemption. Here it means bring about a deliverance for the people. The deliverance is to take place powerfully. Horn, Greek keros, in verse 69, originally referred to the horn of an animal, but then is extended figuratively to refer to an exceptional kind of might or power. Analogous to the damage that can be done by a ram's or bull's horns between fighting animals, Horn is often used in the Old Testament of military prowess. The phrase horn of salvation in our passage refers to a mighty act of salvation or deliverance. The word salvation occurs in this prophecy in verses 69, 71, and 77 and represents a major theme of the message. The root idea of the Greek noun soteria is deliverance, preservation from impending death, and then salvation, or deliverance from any threat, enemy, or captor. In the Old Testament, salvation often refers to military and political deliverance from Israel's enemies. In the New Testament, however, salvation almost always refers to a spiritual concept, salvation from the power of sin. This idea is clearly present in Zechariah's prophecy in verse 77. This salvation is not just a whim, but is part of God's ancient covenant with Abraham to care for and deliver his people. In verse 74, we see a word similar to salvation save, the verb rescue, riomai, to rescue from danger, save, rescue, deliver, preserve someone. The purpose of Messiah's salvation is so that his people are free to live godly lives. Serve, Greek latreo, and verse 74 is an interesting verb. In secular Greek literature, it means work for pay, be in servitude, render cultic service. But in the New Testament, it is used exclusively in a religious sense to carry out religious duties such as to serve God. God's people are to serve him without fear, Greek aphabos, pertaining to being without fear of what might happen fearlessly. No more are there enemies to terrorize them. Rather, the lives of God's people who have been given salvation by the Messiah are to reflect holiness and righteousness before God all their days. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me.
Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.